God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. We thank the Lord for making it possible for us to meet today too. So yesterday we spoke about the intelligent body, right? Today, I want to share with us, by the grace of God, on the infirmed body. Infirmity, hallelujah. The infirmed body. Yesterday, I was trying to make the point to us that man, in all the levels of his being, is created to be a body. In other words, he is not created to exist in any way on his own. From his soul into his spirit, into his body, man is not meant to be living on his own. Hallelujah. And it was also important to point out the fact that he was not even created with a 50-50 chance of rebelling against God as to the levels of his being. My point being that when we talk of man rebelling against God and not yielding himself to God as that body through whom the Lord will operate, when we talk about that, we are talking about the rebellion at the lower part of man's being. And that the higher part, what happens is that those parts are closed, right? So they are not in operation. It is only the lower parts of our being that we are able to pervert. Hallelujah. And for me, that is powerful. And that fills me with so much encouragement. Because at times, you can be plagued so much that you think you were made for failure. You are made to be subject to evil. You are made to be influenced by hell. But when you know the nature of man and the levels of his being and you realize that it is the natural mind that can come under the dominion of hell if man so chooses. Okay, when you find out that it is the natural man that can come under the dominion of hell, if so man chooses, then you realize that God has given us a great chance to become that which he made us to be. Hallelujah. And that is vessels on all levels of our being. Amen. Now, when the natural mind is not conformed to God, the natural mind is not conformed to God, Yesterday, I took my time to explain to us the natural part of our mind or the natural part of our spirits, right? All right, so now we are using the technology. So when the natural man or the natural mind is not conformed to God, it is seen as being sick. It is sick. Hallelujah. It is sick. So... What we are talking about today has to do with the sick natural mind. Do you understand that? Now, when we consider sickness in what it means, even in relation to our body, you find that sickness means that your body is out of order. Your body is out of order. Now, it is out of order in relation to the life force or the living force that is found in you. So the living force that is found in you, which is through your spirit, actually is supposed to sustain every part of your physical body. 
Do you understand that? Now, if there's a place in you that is sick, if any part of you is sick, it means that the living force or the life-giving force is unable to reach that part of your body in the way that it is supposed to reach. Either it is unable to reach at all, or it is unable to reach in all of its strength. Do you understand that? So it is like there is a pathway that is created for water to move from one location to another. And like how irrigation is done. See, so now irrigation means that there's water stored somewhere and that water is moved to the various parts of the farm. Now, if you block the pathway, okay, by which the farm is irrigated by the water, the farm will become a dry land. Do you understand that? Now, the reason why it has become a dry land is that that which is supplying the water or that which allows the water to reach the farm has been blocked. Do you get it? So that dryness means that the farm has been taken away or has been moved outside the jurisdiction of the water. Please understand that. Or something has happened so that the water does not reach where the farm is. And that is how it is when we fall sick. When we fall sick in our bodies, it means that our bodies are out of alignment with the life force that is in our spirits. Amen. Please understand that. Now, if our bodies were not permanently out of alignment or more continuously out of alignment, you will find that even if there is a problem, the problem will heal itself. So, for instance, we have what we call the immune system, right? So the immune system is that mind that is able to keep your body in shape. It is able to restore your body to full health. Do you understand that? But some things can happen to us where our immune system does not work. Isn't that the case? Yeah. And it is not because the immune system has stopped working, but something has happened that has taken our bodies in such a way that the influence of the immune system does not reach there. Please understand that. All right. So now when that happens, every method that is used to bring health, the work of that method is to restore the alignment, is to restore the balance. Do you understand that? So if you put medicine on your sore, like maybe you can have a sore that is not healed and it is because it has become infected, right? Now, if you put medicine on the sore, the aim is to deal with the infection, right? Now, if you deal with the infection, the immune system can now work and then the body will heal itself. So even though it appears as though the medicine is what is healing the body, the medicine does not heal the body. Actually, no physical medicine heals the body. It only facilitates the work of the healing force that God has placed in every man. You understand that? So if you are sick, it means that the healing force that is in you is unable to reach wherever it needs to reach. And whatever work that God does to bring you health will be to restore that connection. It may be a blockade in your spirit. It may be anything. But what God does is that he restores that connection so that the healing force that is found in him alone can actually come into your body. Amen. So doctors cooperate with God. When you take para, even though it's as if it's the para that heals your headache, it's rather the para that helps with your alignment so that the healing balm that is found resident in your members will cause the healing. Hallelujah. So that's the nature of sickness. Sickness is to go out of alignment and to serve a different purpose other than that which the body was made to serve. So the body was made to serve the spirit, right? And to do the bidding of the spirit. If you are sick, your body goes out of alignment and it is not able to do things in the way that you want it to do. Isn't that the case? So now, if you bring your body back into alignment, then your body can now serve your spirit. Does that make sense? 
All right. Now, that is how sickness works. So infirmity is weakness. Now, sickness causes weakness, frailty. Weakness means that it is not able to do what it is supposed to do. Do you understand that? Frailty means it is not strong enough to handle what it is supposed to handle. Do you understand that? So sickness brings about that frailty, that weakness. Amen. And every medicine that is given, like I said, must be to restore the alignment so that the healing power can flow. Amen. Now, in the same way, when our natural mind falls out of alignment, it falls out of alignment with God. Remember, every part of us is made to be a vessel, right? So just as your body falls out of alignment with the living force that is in your spirit, when we also are out of alignment in the natural mind, it means that the natural mind is unable to serve under the influence of God. Do you understand that? Uh -huh. So when we are out of alignment, we are seen as being sick. Hallelujah. Please understand that. Now, your natural self is the only part of yourself that when it is left alone, it becomes infirmed. It becomes sick. Listen to that. Your natural mind is the part of yourself that when it is left unoccupied by the Lord, it becomes sick. In other words, the higher part of your mind, which is your spiritual mind, when it is unoccupied, it is closed. Do you understand that? You know your soul is not touched. You get it. By your natural mind, when God is unable to come there, it begins to become corrupted. It is just like the way when your spirit is no longer in your body, decay sets in, right? Now, when God is kept outside the natural mind, something else rushes in. The natural mind will serve another master. And it is that service to that master that indicates corruption in the natural mind. It indicates decay. It indicates death. So when the natural mind is not responding to God, it is responding to hell. Is that okay? It is responding to hell. And that means that it is sick. It is corrupted. It is decaying. Hallelujah. And it is the natural mind that is responding to hell instead of to God that Paul calls the body of sin or the body of this death. Amen. Now, that body needs healing. That body needs healing. Hallelujah. Now, healing then will mean that it is brought out of corruption. Remember, sickness means out of alignment, right? So that the living force is unable to reach it, right? In the same way, when your natural mind is out of alignment so that God is unable to influence it, then it is sick, right? Now, if you are going to heal it, then we are going to have to bring it back into alignment. Is that okay? Now, just like in sickness, bringing it back into alignment means that something must be applied that deals with the corruption. Yeah, okay. Something must be applied that deals with the decay because hell has taken over. Do you understand that? Hell has taken over. A new master rules. Now, in order for this natural mind that is out of the way to be restored back to God, the strong man must be defeated so that the natural mind becomes the spoil that is taken away from the hand of the strong man. Please, does that make sense? Now, the process of defeating the strong man is also the process of healing the natural mind. Does that make sense? That is the process. Now, what I'm trying to get us to see is that when we find infirmity in us, and we know now where the infirmity dwells, is that okay? When we find infirmity in us, when we find sickness in us, when we find corruption in us, such so that we are unable to be what God made us to be, so that we are unable to express what God made us to express, so that we are unable to live up to that which God has called us 
to be. It is not for us to give up and to say that we were made specially to be unable to do such things. It is for us to see that there is an infirmity. Hallelujah. There is an infirmity. And the reason why the infirmity exists is that God is unable to reach that aspect of us that must respond to God, that it is not responding. Do you understand that? God is unable to reach there. It means that if God were able to reach there, your infirmity will no longer be an infirmity. Please understand that. So an infirmity, a weakness, a frailty in you, an inability in you, is not because you are specially made that way. It is only because God has not reached that place. And it is not for you to make yourself well. It is for you to find the way that God now will be able to come in and bring the restoration. Please understand that. It is important. It is important. For instance, let's talk about simple, simple things. If you find that you are plagued with anxiety, okay, you will think that what you must do is to not be anxious. But you will find that no matter how much you try, you will still be anxious. Yesterday, I explained it to you. Even if you do not obey the anxiety, which is what you must do, you must not obey the anxiety. So if the anxiety says, sit down, and the right thing to do is to stand up, you stand up, right? If the anxiety says, come forward, and the right thing to do is to go back, you go back, you get it. Now, as you are not obeying the anxiety, it does not remove the sickness from there. It becomes like you are sick, but you are not allowing yourself to stay on the bed. So you are getting up and you are going to work, right? Now, you getting up and going to work does not change the fact that you are sick. As you get up and you are working out, you will still be sick. As you sit in the car and you are moving to work, you will still be sick. As you are at work and you are working, you will still be sick. So even though you are trying to not obey the sickness, you are still sick. You are just fighting to not let the sickness hold you down. Do you understand that? So now, that is not how life should be. Life must be that the sickness will be dealt with. You get it? So that now you can move without the sickness. Amen. Now, when we get up and we are not yielding to something like anxiety, which in this case is the sickness, we will find that the anxiety is still there. And so if today you get up and you don't let the anxiety control you, tomorrow when you get up, the anxiety will still be there. Do you understand that? It means that your sickness has not left you. You just did not allow it to control you. What we are looking for is that the sickness will go away. Do you understand that? Now, for that anxiety to go away, it is God who must come in. You cannot remove that anxiety from there. Hallelujah. You cannot remove that fear from there. You see fear, you can say you will not be afraid. The best you do is that you will not let the fear control you, but the fear will still grip you. Do you understand that? It will grip you, but you will be moving still. Do you understand? But for you to be healed of that fear, it is the Lord that must come in through his spirit to heal you. Please understand that. It is important because as we know that we must obey God and we must turn away from evils, if we don't take care, we will assume that the healing itself is done by us and our turning away from evils. But even when you turn away from evils, your sickness will still be there. Even when you turn away from evils, your infirmity will still be there. Because the infirmity is as a result of the life force, the living force of God, not reaching that part of your being. So just as when you are not well, you can carry yourself and still be doing things. You get it? But it doesn't change the fact that you are not well. In the same way, you can apply yourself according to the commandments of God and you will still be sick. You understand that? What you need is the touch of the Spirit of God. And that is what we go for. So there is a touch that you can receive that you will wake up one day 
and the anxiety is no more there. And you will understand what Paul meant when he said that God has not given to us the spirit of fear. So there is a spirit of fear, right? And that spirit of fear is from hell when it occupies your lower mind. But what God gives is not the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. So God can now, with his spirit, redeem you from the corruption of fear and fill you with confidence. For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, right? And of love and of what? A sound mind. So God, through his spirit, remember yesterday I explained to you that the spirit of God does not just occupy us. It also prepares us to be occupied. You understand that? That preparation to be occupied is the healing, is the restoration. Please, you understand that? That preparation to be occupied is the redeeming from the corruption so that now God can come in. Please, you understand that? Is the bringing into alignment so that God can come in. That's what the Spirit of God does. So, anxiety means you are out of alignment. In the same way, sickness in your body means you're out of alignment. When you are looking for healing in your body, what you're looking for is a way to get yourself back into alignment. You understand that? Now, a contact with the Spirit of God can restore that alignment. So that life now will flow. Hallelujah. That is why at times, even the healing is not immediate because the restoration to alignment is also not immediate. So if the restoration to alignment is taking time, then the healing will also take time. So at times, God is healing me, but it takes a week, it takes two, it takes a month, and we find that the healing is complete. It is because the restoration, bringing into alignment, is also taking time. Does that make sense? But what you need to notice is that no matter what you do in this earth, you cannot heal yourself. Amen. So there is only one who is the physician. And that's what Jesus demonstrated for us when he walked the earth. He healed all those who were oppressed of the devil. Hallelujah. He healed all those who were oppressed of the devil. So when we speak of the infirm body, we speak of the body that is sick. And in, I think Jeremiah chapter 8, right, verse 22, the Bible talks about the balm that is found in Gilead. Hallelujah. Said, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there, right? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Right? So if there is a balm and that balm is supplied by the Spirit of God, then the health of the daughter of the people of God would actually be restored. Is that we okay? So see your life like that. If there is an addiction, it is an infirmity. It is a sickness. Hallelujah. And you are not the physician. It is the Lord that is the physician. Your work is to allow the Lord to bring his healing bow so that there will be restoration. You see how this addiction can plague you so that you think that you were made for the addiction. Right? It is because another king rules, another spirit is ruling your natural mind. In the same way, when God restores you, you will see that it is possible for you to be there without being ruled by the spirit, the spirit of lust. At times you can be sick so much so that all that you know about yourself is your infirmity. So it is unbelievable to think that another force can rule your members. But another force can do that. And when we do not yield and we apply ourselves to the word of God, what we are trying to do is to call upon the Spirit of God, the Spirit that brings restoration. Hallelujah. The Spirit that brings restoration. The Spirit that will put an end to the decay and initiate the restoration and bring us back into alignment. Now, we are our strongest when we are in alignment with God. Hallelujah. That is when we are operating in full potential as human beings when we are in alignment with God. That is when we are operating in full potential as human beings. When our souls, our spirits, even the upper spirit, the lower spirit, then our bodies are all in alignment with God. 
then we are operating as the men and women that God made us to be. Hallelujah. Now, the word in the letter or the word in the senses is not able to bring you healing. The word in the letter, like what I'm preaching to you, it cannot heal your infirmity. In the way that it is coming to you, it cannot restore you. It can make you do what you need to do so that the Spirit of God can bring the restoration. But the word in the natural does not have the power to actually bring restoration. It is the word in the spirit. Now, the word in the spirit is the word that is sent forth. That's how come the Bible says that he sent forth his word. And he did what? He healed them. And he delivered them from all their destruction. You see, the word that is sent is the going forth of God. Hallelujah. Is the going forth of God. And that's the spirit of God. So he sent forth his word. That's the reason why when the man told Jesus that he should not come to his house. You see, he should only speak the word and his servant will be made whole. Jesus said that I've not seen such great faith. No, not in Israel. You see, so the word that is sent forth is the spirit of God. And that word, it brings what? Healing. He said he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from all their destruction. So that is a word that is sent. He delivered them from their distractions. So you see, what is destroying you is that which is occupying you. See, when we talk of distraction, it doesn't look like you are being destroyed though, because it is in reference to something. You see how you take something like, well, some things that are used for important things and children will play with it, right? When you say they are destroying it, right? Because they are using it for another purpose other than what it was meant for. And it is said that if they continue to use it like that, then it will no longer be fit for the use that it was meant for. Do you understand that? Now, that is distraction. Distraction means that you are being destroyed in relation to a certain use. But as to something else, maybe the children are also using it to play. So it's a toy. So according to how they are doing their things, the thing is not being destroyed. It's being used as a toy. You get it? But according to the actual use for which the thing was made, it is being destroyed. So destruction means that you are being used for something else other than what you were made for. And what you are being used for is such that you cannot be used for what you were made for again. Do you see? Do you understand that? So it's not just that you are being used for something else. It is said that what you are being used for will make it impossible for you to be used for that which you were actually made for. That's what it means to destroy. Hallelujah. And so when our lower minds come under the influence of hell, the fabric of that lower mind is being destroyed. Yesterday I explained that it is reprogrammed, recalibrated to serve sin instead of righteousness. So uh, you see, that's how come at times your lower mind can yield to evil said that its behavior becomes the natural behavior. So that even when you must do righteousness, it is strange. It's like you have to go out of your way to do it because the calibration in your natural mind does not fit righteousness. It rather fits selfishness, love for the world. It fits evil. It does not fit righteousness. Now, the recalibration also then is the healing. Hallelujah. So he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. This is supposed to be a message of hope. It means that every weakness, you can be healed from it. And it is the Lord that is the physician. Every frailty, you can be healed from it. Whatever is still in the natural mind, no matter how deep or how external it is, whether it be deep evils or less deep evils, any form of weakness is like a weakness, like to even stand before people and to speak to them, right? Like some of maybe men sitting and say, hey, media, I can't do such things. I'll shake, right? It is because of an infirmity. It means that if you can go on a search, 
and find the path that will allow the Spirit of God to come in to bring restoration to your vessel because you are not made to shake when you have to talk to people. Do you understand that? You're not made to be like that. So you are not created for infirmity. So it means that if you can touch something in God, that thing will die and your vessel will be recalibrated this time around to contain confidence and stability when you must stand before people. So you don't then sentence yourself and say, this is what you are. You are just sick. Just as when you are sick, you go around looking for medicine, right? Whatever is out of the way in you, you can find its medicine. And its medicine belongs to the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Its medicine belongs to the Spirit of God. If you must heal yourself of your weaknesses, then we will say that there are weaknesses that are beyond you, right? But it is the great physician that must heal you. And there's no weakness, there's no frailty that is beyond the great physician. There's no frailty. You can be touched by the Spirit of God. And that touch will result in a transformation inside you and the recalibration of your vessel so that life from above will now possess your members and you shall be turned into another man. That is possible. All that we are taught to do in terms of the steps that we must take is to allow this rendezvous with the Spirit of God to be possible. But when you are taking these steps, you must be looking for that rendezvous. Hallelujah. You must, because the healing balm belongs to the Spirit. That's why Jesus said that it is the Spirit that quickeneth. It is the Spirit that giveth life. Yesterday we read that if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, ye shall live. Do you see? So the Spirit can come and put to death the evils, the corruption that is found in you so that a new life can now be allowed to come up out of you. So what is really stopping you? What is really on your neck? I am of the belief that whatever I need to become, I can become it, except it is not necessary. And the only thing that I require is that I must dedicate my time to walk on the path. See, I must dedicate myself to walk on the path that God has chosen for me to walk on in order for me to meet the Spirit. You get it? So there are commandments. There are things to do, right? So all that I need to do is to do those things that the Lord commands and to commit myself to them fully. I will come into contact with the Spirit of God and what I am not, I will become. Whatever a person is, it is because they have seen something. Now, that vision is a vision of restoration. You, see, you must come to a spiritual perception, right? It is part of the healing because it's a perception that is not just to see something, but it is to make you joined together with that which you have seen. That is the restoration. Do you get it? See how a person can walk about so interested in God right? And then you look at yourself and you are not interested in God, right? It means that you are sick. That is all. You are sick. It means that your members have been yielded to something else. What you need to do is to find the commandment of God that you must obey. Now, that commandment will not remove your sickness, but it will allow you to come into contact with the healing balm that will heal you of your sickness. Because if you meet a person that genuinely cares about God, it is true that there was a time that they did not care about God. So it is not a special superpower. It is alignment. Because to care about God is not of man. Remember, man is only a vessel. So if in man is a heart for God, it is God's heart that is there, not man's heart. Because man is only a vessel. So it is just the ability of that person to yield himself that comes into play, not that the person is something. Do you understand that? 
We are not anything in ourselves. So Paul said, what do we have that we did not receive? You see, that's the nature of a vessel. If you see water in a vessel, it is not the vessel that made the water. It was poured into it. The vessel did not generate the water. The vessel doesn't generate what it occupies. It only allows itself, opens itself for that occupation to happen. So that is how it works. So whatever you think you must become that you are not, you can become it through the touch of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You can become it through the touch of the Spirit of God. The word that you hear now is for you to begin to take steps, right? Now, those steps are the steps that will allow you to receive the touch of the Spirit of God. So, one day, you can actually be free from this, your infirmity. I know it's unbelievable for some of us, right? But that's the case. You can actually be free, and it will be by the hand of God when you have allowed him to come in through your obedience. Is that okay? Now, let me show you something in the scriptures. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. Now in the scriptures, a pool of water speaks of the word in the letter. Okay, A pool of water is water that is like a lake. Right? It's water that is static. And that is the word in the letter. Is that okay? So there's a pool of water, right? A pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Okay? So this pool in the Hebrew tongue is called Bethesda. So the pool of Bethesda, right? Okay, having five porches. Let's go. In this lay a great multitude of impotent folk. So these people are impotent. They are blind. These are infirmed people. Hallelujah. Now if you be impotent, you'll be impotent in your lower mind. If you are blind, you'll be blind in your lower mind. Somewhere hot. What does it mean to be hot? Lame. Then withered. What does it mean to be withered? Paralyzed. Yeah, that's also what they said. So, waiting for the, what? Moving of the water. So, these people will be lying there. The pool of Bethesda is there, right? And then, as the pool is there, which is the word known in the external, they are all sick lying there. If you enter the pool whilst it is there like that, you will remain in your sickness. Dear your sickness will not go. You see? So even though it is the pool that eventually they must enter, it is not the pool when it is settled, right, that they enter, that will heal them. Still, it's the pool they must enter. It's the way that will deliver, right? It's the way that will heal. It's the way that will restore you and deliver you from the infirmity. But something must happen to the word. Said, so waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain season. Hmm. That's a divine touch, right? So now you see the pool, an angel at a certain season, which they don't know. Now that's a key. Because if there's an announcement, that 6.30, that's when the angel will come, right? You know how it works. Yeah. So there's no announcement. So it can be that you can be there watching, 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 watching. And the time that you say, let me stretch a bit. Then the angel just stirred the water. And then the guy that rather stretched and turned and now saw the angel stand can now get inside. Or you may even see it. But your infirmity may be some way. But we are all infirm, but some are more infirm. Right? So, <laughs> someone else that is faster can enter. Do you see? 
So for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. So now the key here is the troubled water. Now we have the word of God. We have the water, right? It is the troubled water that we are looking for. Because that is what will bring the healing. You understand that? And as we are applying ourselves to the word that we have, it is like we waiting at the pool of Bethesda, right? But we also don't know when that angel will stir the water. And that is how the divine life is. That's how they ask Jesus, at what time shall the kingdom be restored, right? Ah, saying, Lord, would thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7. And he said, it is not for you to what? Know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. Wow. Do you see? So it is not for man to know. And Jesus and another place said, even the Son of Man does not know. It's only the Father that knows. And in that context, it is the word as to the external. So you would think that this word that you have received, as you apply it today, today, not today in the application, the water will be stirred, right? That is to give the power to the word that you have received today, right? Where is that scripture? We'll come to this. Bring that scripture. You see, some people not understanding the scriptures think that Jesus is saying that the time he will return, he doesn't know. You see, no. You have to understand the word of God, though. Sometimes it doesn't even work. So if you want to think that we stop and say there must be another meaning, but I don't know, then you wait there. That way, one day you can find the meaning. Okay, but of that day and that hour, no work, no man, what day and what hour? Let's check before. So we see the proper context. Verse 30. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be what? Done. Uh-huh. 31. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. All right. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. Uh-huh. Now Jesus is talking about the end of the age and then the beginning of the new age. You get it? Now, it's the same principle that runs through. The end of the age is the end of your sickness. The beginning of a new age is the new life with God. Do you understand that? So, the same principle runs through. So, you think that, oh, Jesus is talking about some time, right? No, it's a principle. The principle is that, but of that day and that hour, no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the son, right? But who? The father. Why? Because the father here speaks of the divine. The son here speaks of the human. And in terms of our relationship with God, we start first with the human before we get to the divine. And the human is what we receive from God in the external, which is the word of God taught us. So what I'm doing now is teaching you the word of God in the external, right? Now, you think, okay, now I show you a principle, okay? And then you say, okay, now I have discovered the principle. I have discovered the principle, right? So you think that, the solution is in your application of the principle. So if the solution is in that direct application of the principle, then it is in the hand of the son to know. Why? Because then as you apply, what you are looking for will happen immediately, right? But it is not in the hand of the son that way. The application of the principle is to allow you to contact the divine. It is the divine that will deliver the result. Do you understand that? So to have the truth is not to have the result. Do you understand that? It's to help you prepare yourself for the result. The result belongs to the divine. Hallelujah. Or it belongs to the spirit. So a contact with the spirit of God is that which will allow you to obtain the result. Amen. Why? Because the application of ourselves to the word of God, that is just one side of the work. The healing and everything is in the hand of God. So if it is in the hand of God, then it is the Lord that will do the healing. It is not you. So the word in your hand, you cannot use it to determine your health. Like as you obey God now, you are healed now. No. 
It is in the hand of God to heal you. Your obedience is to allow for God to come in to heal you. Please, does that make sense to you? That is how it works. So everyone that is genuinely obeying God must be looking for that healing touch from the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? All right. So now back to the Act 1 explains it better. Let's do the six, okay? Because in the six, you see something. Because they are talking about the restoration of the kingdom, right? And that's the restoration of your health. Are you sure the restoration of the kingdom is the restoration of your health? Because the kingdom is the rulership of God. You are sick because you have gone out of alignment, right? So kingdom restoration means that you are back under the influence of God. Amen. That's health, okay? So now they are saying that when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Okay, so Jesus is answering based on principles. In the letter, they are thinking Israel must become a superpower, right? But Jesus doesn't talk their talk. So see his response. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. So the encounter with the Spirit of God is in the hand of God. You wait, right? So now that's why he told them they should tarry in Jerusalem. Tarry. And that's what they were doing at the pool of Bethesda. They were tarrying. Do you understand that? Okay, so now it says, the father has put in his own power, verse 8. But ye shall do what? Receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You don't know. But when the Holy Ghost comes, you receive power. What would that power make you? Huh? It will make you what? A witness, right? What is a witness? That is the work of a vessel. A vessel expresses that which it contains, right? That is a witness. So the coming of the Spirit will turn you into a witness. You shall be a witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You shall be witnesses. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. So that's what we know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That there will be a quickening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The waters will be stirred and there will be a quickening. As to the time that the waters will be stirred, we don't know. So we tarry. Tarry in Jerusalem. So you are endued with power from on high. Do not leave. Stay. We don't know when, but we stay in the word of God. We stay in the commandment. We keep tilting. When we put our hand to the plow, we keep breaking the ground. We keep breaking the ground. Why? We are preparing for the sowing of the seed. We don't know when the seed will come. It is not in our power, just as it was not in their power. Amen. But you want it to be in your power. Because you are not the one healing yourself. So, so much is going on inside you that you do not know. That is in the hand of the great physician. Your work is to allow him. Your work is to keep coming to the hospital. Hallelujah. Is to keep coming to the hospital, right? To keep coming to the hospital. Now, the coming to a hospital is the application of the word of God in life circumstances. That is hospital. To obey God in life circumstances, that is your hospital. When the flesh is pulling you in the other direction, you don't obey the flesh, you apply yourself to the word of God. That is hospital. So you keep coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the physician will be working. The physician will be working. Then you make contact with the spirit of God. Your weakness will be exchanged for your strength. Hallelujah. Your weakness will be exchanged for your strength. And when Jesus declared his manifesto, he said, the spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to do all these things, right? To heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. Now that place says that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power that he went about doing what? Good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Amen. Amen. So let's go back to 
our John, John chapter 5. So they were waiting. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever infirmity he had. Wow. Amen. Then that page I read. They can't use a stone to do a cue for you, right? <laughs> you have to be there waiting day and night. Waiting day and night. Waiting day and night. The question is, do you want to be healed? Because that's the question. That's what will make you stay day and night, day and night, day and night. Do you want to be healed of your infirmity? Do you see? Day and night. Hmm. Let's go. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Now, in the letter, it's like 38 years. That's older than, I don't know, majority of us here or probably all of us here. 38. So this man had an infirmity 38 years. But in the letter, it's really 38 years. But when Jesus is dealing with this man, you see, you wonder, ah, when Jesus was telling this man that he should take up his destiny and leave, were there not other people lying? Because that's where they all gathered. So it's like all of us are sick. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, we are all sick. Then Jesus comes and he's talking to only you. And so as he's talking, Pazinok is also here. You're also here. He's also here. And he's not minding any of us. And he's talking to only you. Why? Because of what 38 is. Because it's the 38 that will make you isolated by Jesus for that encounter. Do you see? It's the 38. It's numbers. Okay. So the word 30, we can break it into two, right? Three times 10, right? And then also six times five, right? And then the, we have eight. Eight is the renewal, the number of renewal, right? The 30 there in this context will have to speak of the temptation period because six is temptation, five is something. Okay, so some kind of temptation, let me put it that way, okay? The three is complete, 10 is remnant. I'm just trying to let you see that Jesus is dealing in the spirit. So there is something that will make Jesus isolate you and deal with you. And that is the fact that you have gone through that which allows him to come. Do you get it? So this person was not just going through temptations or fighting the evils like we are all expected to fight, right? He had also fought to the point where now he had come to the place of renewal. Please understand that. He had come to the place of what is called new beginning. That's what eight is. Is that okay? So that's the reason why Jesus now isolates him. And that should tell us something about our own fight. That we must fight till we become 38 years in the fight. Hallelujah. In the book of Luke, another interesting encounter is there about a woman who was bowed for 18 years. And 18 is three times what? Six. So similar temptations. And the Bible says, Jesus got to her and touched her and said, woman, thou art loosed. Right? And then they were complaining that he had done the healing in the Sabbath. Which is supposed to be the case. Because the Sabbath is the end of all struggles. You understand that? That is the time of the restoration. So this woman's fight brought her into the Sabbath. And that is when Jesus healed her. And the people were complaining. They said, hey, look, you have you done this healing in the Sabbath. And you said, you are hypocrites. In your Sabbath, you take your ox and you send it to water. Ox is natural good. Sending it to water is to taste of the spirit. You take your ass. Ass is natural truth. Sending it to water is to taste of the spirit. But what will happen? Said that he put, not each one of you on the Sabbath loses ox 
uh, or his ass from the stall and lead them away towards watering. So what Jesus is saying that this woman that had been battling in temptation, I've let her loose and I've sent her to watering. Do you understand that? That is her healing. Is that okay? Now see what the next verse says. And ought not this woman, now see what Jesus calls her, being a daughter of who? Abraham. Whom Satan had bound, lo, these 18 years. So in the times of your struggles, or you are still bound. That's what I was trying to explain to you. The evil is still there. You battle, not yielding to it, it is still there. Hallelujah. Till the physician comes. So these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Hmm? Is it not correct that it happens this way? What do you think? So Jesus says some interesting things. He went to the woman and said, woman, you are loosed. Hallelujah. And daughter of Abraham is the church or a person of the church, right? And she had been bound. When he touched her, she straightened up. Wow. You are loosed. And one of these days, as you continue to walk on that path, as you continue to not yield to evil and you look up to God who is the savior of your soul and you look up to the great physician who holds the healing balm, he will touch you and he will also tell you that you are loose from your infirmity. It will be like a dream when the Lord turned again the captivity of what were like they that dream. You just keep at it. Not yielding, not yielding, not yielding, not yielding. The restoration will come. When the restoration comes, your vessel now comes into alignment. And the glory which your vessel lost, because God could no longer operate through, now will be restored. Hallelujah. So back to John chapter 5. So this man was there 38 years. Wow, let's go. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Would thou be made whole? Hmm? Let's go. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. Hallelujah. So that was his difficulty. He was being obstructed, which is a struggle, right? Let's go. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed, and do a walk. Who? And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was what? The Sabbath. What do you think? The Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for, <laughs> for thee to carry thy bed. I am the Lord. That he led thee. I am the Lord, your, your healer. Mm, I, I sent my word, oh, and I healed your disease. Hey, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I that is the word of God to you. from that frailty, from that weakness, from that burden, 
Perversion of your vessel. It is in the hand of God to bring restoration and to allow for his occupation. It is in the hand of the Lord. It is in the hand of the Lord. It is the arm of the Lord that will bring deliverance. called into question his hand is not too short to save he's the great physician